0: Welcome to the Voice of Family Business on Capitol Hill. This podcast is sponsored by Innolex, global manufacturer of sustainable ingredients for the beauty and personal care industries. With each podcast from Family Enterprise USA, we bring you the latest news, expert opinions and insights affecting the country's largest employer, the American family business. Please subscribe and sign up for alerts as future shows are posted wherever you download your podcasts. In this episode, we bring you a timely discussion between Family Enterprise USA's Pat Soldano and Capitol Hill tax policy expert, Mark Warren of the influential Washington DC law and lobbying firm, Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek. Pat and Mark dig deep into what 2023 holds for a split Congress and how the midterm results will help or hurt current tax policies and impact day-to-day economics for family businesses. Now, let's listen in on what these two experts have to say about our new Congress.
1: Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Pat Saldano, president of Family Enterprise USA and the Policy and Taxation Group. If you don't know who we are, we advocate for multi-generational family businesses and family offices and their lifetime of savings around the country for all industries, big and small. Today, we're asking the question, with a new Congress, are we in for massive legislative gridlock or will we see a new era of compromise settling in over our nation's capital? I am delighted to be here with my good friend, Mark Warren. Mark is probably one of the most respected tax policy professionals in Washington, D.C., and Mark and I have worked together for many, many years. He has worked on or debated nearly every tax policy since the Clinton years. He was the chief tax counsel to the Senate Finance Committee. He worked on Senator Chuck Grassley's tax agenda, and earlier he worked with Senator John Thune, drafting key parts of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Mark's work on Capitol Hill started back in 1995 as a tax counsel to the House on Small Business Committee. Later, he served as Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Department of Treasury, Office of Legislative Affairs. After all his Capitol Hill work, Mark is now a partner at the law firm of Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, and Sheck. So, Mark, I could go on and on, but I feel if anyone knows... Uh, about Washington and how it works, you are absolutely that person. So it's with great pleasure that I have you on the call today to talk to you about our Congress post the midterms and how it will affect tax policy.
2: Thanks, Pat. It's really exciting to be here and I appreciate the invitation to do it.
1: Okay, let's get started with the first question. I guess the best place to start is to get your take on what you see happening right now. Can you give us a sense of the House Republican agenda for the 118th session of Congress, which will start in January?
2: Sure. Uh, I think right now a lot of the emphasis is on the uh, new House majority trying to organize. You know, there's uh, they have a very thin margin, so a lot of uh, the effort is going into you know the Speaker's race, and we expect that to be settled, you know, er- early January, right? Uh, hopefully the third, and then you know there. Are, Kind of the documents and uh, other indications that Mr. McCarthy, who's expected to be speaker, put out, I think what we'll see is uh, a lot of focus on oversight. Um, I think there's going to be uh, you know, continued uh, emphasis by the Republicans looking at like the $80 billion in IRS funding. Uh, that was in the Democrats' reconciliation bill this last summer, uh, as well as, you know, looking into whether some of the, you know, the the new energy provisions, uh, how they're playing, but kind of trying to look broader at, like, energy security and production and, you know, how that's affecting uh, inflation. Uh, And for family-owned businesses, I think there's going to be a lot of emphasis on sort of workforce development and education, uh, as well as, you know, a number of international uh, areas that will continue to percolate.
1: So you talked about this already a little bit. Let's assume that Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House. What should we listen for around family businesses and the policy that you think he will guide that will help or possibly hurt family businesses?
2: Well, I think it's really interesting uh, that Kevin McCarthy is, is uh, slated to be Speaker because uh, I don't think a lot of people know that early in his life, he, he started a family-owned business in terms of a small deli. Passed on, uh, you know. Subsequently, when he came to Congress, but he's got a he's got a pretty strong small business uh, entrepreneur background. So I, I think he's going to be you know pretty open uh, to you know a, a lot of the issues facing family owned businesses. And you know, when, I'm told one of the reasons that he actually decided to get into politics was because he saw uh, just how burdensome you know tax rates uh, as well as other government regulations are, and wanted to be a part of that. So I think with him and Kevin Hearn, who's from uh, Oklahoma, who's going to take over the House Republican Study Committee. He also comes from a background with uh, McDonald's franchises. So I think we're going to have uh, in the House leadership, Republican leadership, you know, some pretty good voices and deep background in in kind of the issues uh, affecting family owned businesses.
1: Well, and so could you be a little more specific in some of those policies that could affect family businesses and the Republican agenda? Um, maybe things that were in the Inflation Reduction Act or in the, you know, TCJA, the mm-hmm. Tax Cuts and Jobs Act.
2: Yeah. So, I, you know, I think one of the top priorities is going to be, you know, continue to be inflation. Congress uh, often finds that it has kind of a limited ability to affect inflation, but I think energy prices and domestic energy security. Uh, and, and consumer prices, the, the result of that, will be you know, something that I think we'll see a, a, a big heavy emphasis on. And you know, with the uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the individual rates and the pass-through deduction uh, set to expire at the end of 2025, uh, I know the Republicans are going to be uh, you know, laying the groundwork for at least extending those expiring provisions or you know, ideally making them all permanent. So I think that we'll see a, a pretty heavy emphasis on you know trying to uh, make sure that the economic environment is as good as possible for family-owned businesses and in a lot of respects you know kind of going back to traditional kind of republican views of trying to get the government out of the way.
1: Well, so how do you see the Democrat Senate reacting to the House Republican agenda and maybe some of those tax proposals you talked about and and maybe some of their own proposals?
2: So You know, the Senate is in an interesting situation. This morning, actually, uh, Senator Sinema announced that she's leaving the Democrat Party and is going to be uh, independent. So technically, that takes their majority down now to 50 to 49 Republicans. You know, Senator Schumer has a a lot of experience with divided government going back. He's spent the last two years with, you know, a razor-thin majority that he had, and You know, I I think there's going to be a a fair amount of political response uh, to a lot of what the House Republicans do. But Senator Schumer also knows that he's got a whole class of members up uh, in 2024 for reelection. And the only way to get legislation done in divided government is with 60 votes. So I I think that there's going to be, you know, some... Openness, especially if it's in, you know, areas, you know, like I was saying, energy security, where we've got some overlap, you know, China uh, and competitiveness globally, I think is another area where we've got, you know, some bipartisan interest, not always in the same direction, but at least on the topic. So, you know, it'll be a mix of some openness to bipartisanship. And then I think, obviously, some, uh, some political reaction.
1: Well, so let's assume that in the lame duck session, um, not much gets done, even though we hope there'll be some, some things accomplished and, and they're working hard to get some things accomplished. But let's assume that there isn't much done. What do you see in the first 12 months of the 118 Congress uh, getting done? And if you had an opportunity to talk to both Republicans and Democrat leadership, what would you tell them to focus on?
2: Well, I I suspect that it's going to be off to a little bit of a slow start, again, because the House is going to have to organize, and getting the Republican conference together is going to take some time. I think that we're going to probably see a pretty heavy jump into the oversight lane, so there'll probably be a a lot of hearings and focus on some areas that are are more of a distraction, but also some some more uh, fundamental legislative areas and you know to your question about what would i say to leaders on both sides for family-owned businesses i think the the key issue is is stability and certainty so let's let's look at the the expiring provisions let's look at what's coming up and you know try to uh, as quickly as possible deal with those expiring rates and and also you know encourage the administration to be thoughtful uh, in terms of trying to make changes through regulation.
1: Yeah, so you just mentioned regulation. I think that's really an important issue. So let's let's talk about how regulation could affect uh, multi-generational family businesses. And so let's say, you know, you're a, you're a business with 100 plus employees and you're worrying about what are these tax policies coming before them in this new session of Congress, but not just with Congress, but with Treasury as an example. Maybe you could share with us your views on some potential regulation that could happen, uh, including, you know, valuation discounts, which are so important for family businesses.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you you mentioned that. And valuation discounts is is a really important one. Um, As as some of your listeners may know, the Obama administration and their Treasury Department uh, put out a set of proposed rules uh, to really limit uh, the the application of valuation discounts. Uh, They were heavily criticized uh, in the comment period, and and ultimately the the Trump Treasury withdrew them. But it's an example of the kind of the use of regulatory authority um, that that Treasury can do to kind of advance the the president's agenda. So as as we go back to divided government and uh, the Biden administration can't look to uh, an all-Democrat-controlled Congress to implement that agenda, they're going to look to see what can they do um, through their regulatory authority. The Treasury Secretary has a lot of, of regulatory authority within the tax code. So we could see things like the, a reprise of those valuation discount rules. Um, you know, There have been questions raised about grantor trusts. You know, I think uh, there's a lot in the estate tax area. You know, they may try to uh, also look at, like, the pass-through deduction and see if there's ways to tighten that. You know, I think their top priorities are going to continue to be any, any ways that they can ensure that high-income people are paying their, quote-unquote, fair share. Family-owned businesses are often equated with high-income people. So I think there could be some regulatory proposals out there that that uh, family-owned businesses really need to take a uh, take a hard look at.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that um, because, again, valuation discounts are so important to family businesses. They use it um, not for avoidance of tax as much as planning to pass their business on from one generation to another, which is, which is so critical to them. So according to our research that we've done at Family Enterprise USA, the number one concern of family businesses this year is income tax. And the second is really the the Biden inflation is really taking out of their bottom line. Uh, It affects their raw materials, it affects labor, all sorts of their business. So how do you see this new Congress addressing those issues, uh, income tax as well as uh, inflation, that affect the bottom line so severely of family-owned businesses?
2: Right. Uh, so, at least on on the income tax side, the the rates let's let's say the current rates that we have are in place um, through 2025. So there there isn't the urgency for Congress to act because those are going to expire, you know, at the end of this coming year. Uh, same thing with the 20 percent pass through deduction. And in, in a kind of divided government, and especially with uh, the administration you know, and this last Congress focusing so heavily on high-income individuals and trying to increase taxes, I, I think there's going to be, you know, going back to your original first, very first question, this is probably an area where we're going to see more uh, Congress being at loggerheads um, and not actually taking steps forward. But I think this is also a place where the House uh, Republicans having the majority can really lay the foundation for the the reasons that we need to extend the lower rates uh, when they expire after 2025. And, you know, so I think that that will be an effort uh, underway. And then uh, in terms of inflation, you know, as we talked a little bit about before, Congress's ability to affect that, uh, unlike the Fed, is really pretty limited. But I I do think that they will start from a do no harm position and not, you know, do a lot of additional funding that um, would fuel spending, Uh, but also, you know, as we talked about, focus on things that could affect consumer prices like energy security and uh, increasing domestic production. So we have, you know, uh, lower prices on, uh, on gas supplies and other energy sources.
1: Well, so we've recently helped Congress form this Congressional Family Business Caucus. Uh, we're very excited about it. Um, family businesses, as we've learned, are really misunderstood um, by members of Congress and also by educators and media and many others. And so... The caucus, we believe, will be very helpful in educating everyone about what a family is, business is, and what it isn't. Uh, And family business owners will come to D.C. to the caucus meetings, and they will tell their story. So what would you say in 2023, which should be the first caucus meeting, what would you think the caucus should focus on? How do you see the caucus agenda moving forward in 2023?
2: First, let me congratulate you and Family Enterprise USA for just a Herculean effort and really amazing success with this new uh, new caucus. I think it's going to be really important. And, and I, I know that in trying to get it set up, we found that there are, uh, surprisingly, a large number of members of Congress with a family-owned business background in, in one form or another. So I think that's really going to be helpful. Uh, it'll be good to have an organized way Uh, for uh, family-owned businesses to be able to you know come before Congress and you know I think in terms of of initial activities you know the 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 key thing is going to be for this caucus to help to educate and help help members especially those without uh, a strong connection to family-owned business to understand really all the different dynamics you know, that they aren't just small business. They're big business. They're, well, they start small. When they're successful, they grow into big businesses. And there's always an, you know, an effort to try and help the family and within the family to, to kind of pass it on and, and keep future generations going. But that brings in different dynamics in terms of uh, both the estate tax, but, you know, uh, kind of business planning and all of the, the different barriers that government can, can erect. So, having a caucus that can sensitize members to those uh, specific issues, I think, is going to be very important. Um, the annual survey that Family Enterprise USA does, I think, will be uh, very helpful for the for the caucus to uh, review every year. That probably will identify a number of issues that the caucus, you know, may want to highlight and then they can focus in on. Um, you know, things like, uh, you know, the expiring uh, tax rates and state tax changes you know we've got changes in the labor laws uh, you know proposed changes on um, independent contractors and ESG requirements so I, I think there's a lot of opportunity and it may end up being that the caucus is a little more fluid and hopefully can be um, adaptive uh, and, and address the most important issues uh, at, at the time.
1: Well, and we want to thank you, Mark, and the Brownstein Law Firm and the whole team that's helped pull this caucus together as well. It definitely was a team effort. So I, too, am very excited about it as an education caucus, as a bipartisan caucus, and not a policy caucus. And I'm really encouraged that I think it will accomplish what you talked about, which is educate all those that really don't understand family businesses, not just members of Congress, but also uh, media, educators, and the voters, which have a really misperception of family businesses. So I'm going to move on to um, what do you see happening in this Congress, which we've already talked about a little bit, um, but I'm going to combine this question with your speculation around 2024, even though I realize it's, it's a long ways off. There's still a lot of speculation. So first of all, do you see this session of Congress, these next two years, 2023 and 2024, is just gridlock? And then and then after that what, what do you see happening in 2024 um, and if you want to speculate around the election or whatever you see going forward I would appreciate that
2: that's a big question um, okay so for the next Congress we did talk a little bit about you know I, I think it'll be more than just gridlock you know there there are some must-do legislative requirements uh, for every Congress you know keeping the government funded often leads to opportunities like the one that we're Kind of dealing with right now in this lame duck session, where that government funding bill, if it comes together in the right way, can carry some other policy uh, issues. Um, you know, and kind of the traditional expiring tax provisions, the annual extenders, as they're sometimes called, uh, will get taken up in in that type of an environment. Um, we've got the debt limit uh, that is going to uh, the government will reach the debt limit. Uh, current projections are sometime next summer. And I think that's going to be an, uh, an opportunity that some will want to try to do some more broad-based fiscal reforms. But that may lend itself to an opportunity to deal with uh, some of the upcoming uh, temporary tax policies, as well as some, you know, some new ones uh, that uh, maybe the the caucus can help to identify, and then individual members, uh, you know, can develop those types of proposals. Um, And we'll be ready with uh, Family Enterprise USA to to lend a hand there, too. And then as for 2024, that's a very good question. You know, we are, we're headed into Congress with razor-thin margins on both sides. So, you know, depending on just a handful of races, uh, control of of both the House and the Senate could flip in the other direction, could realign. And a lot of it's going to be, you know, dependent on uh, the presidential election and, know which uh, which candidates ultimately get the nomination and you know how how their uh, platforms come together so hopefully the uh, you know the the family business message um, with the help of the caucus uh, and and other members uh, will help to influence uh, both sides uh, in the presidential debate and maybe we can uh, help to bring some of the kind of key issues for family businesses and in my view, that, that, that certainty and, and permanency, bring those to the fore and then really get an administration that's willing to work on all fronts to, to make that happen.
1: Well, I'm so glad you mentioned certainty and permanency, uh, again, because that is absolutely critical and so important to our family business owners. So Mark, it has been a pleasure to have you on this call today. Your insights are very valuable for our family business owners. I want to thank you so much. I know our family business listeners have learned a lot. I've learned a lot. And we look forward to having you back again.
2: Thanks, Pat. It's been my pleasure. And I look forward to the next time.
1: We hope you like today's show and hope you subscribe to our podcast, where each episode discusses the critical issues that affect multi-generational family businesses around the country. You can find this podcast wherever you download your podcast. Until next time, thank you all for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Family Enterprise USA podcast. This podcast is sponsored by InoLex. This is the only series devoted exclusively to the critical issues facing America's family businesses, the families that own them, and family offices. We hope you like this week's show. Please make sure to subscribe and tell others about our podcast. Your voice in Washington, D.C. and throughout the country can make a difference. We look forward to having you listen to us next time.